Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, it is JB here. Today is Saturday, the 7th of February, 2009. This is the first time I've actually gotten it right, I think, instead of 2009. Uh, we are here for a roundtable discussion, um, and tonight's the first time I have put out a call, a bat signal of sorts. Um, but instead of a B, it's a JB for questions of a roundtable discussion involving yours truly. Um, in my opinion, the most good-looking, brilliant, lovely, sensual, sexual person on the website. All right, it's me. Um, so instead of asking myself the questions, which I tried, I figured we would need someone to ask me the questions as an interviewer. So I asked Dan White. Dan, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, he is. And to, uh, what is up, you sexy thing? Um, not too much, just the use, you know. And uh, I got Dan on the phone to um, help us in discussion tonight and pouring through some of the questions you guys have answered. Uh, Dan's looked through some of the questions, and I think we're just going to be picking some of the more relevant, um, interesting ones as we go through tonight. Um, Dan, where are you, what are you doing? How do you feel? Uh, what, are you, what are you wearing? Yeah, talking to you. I'm wearing black. Black Dan, thing. Uh, let's see. When's the last time I saw Dan not wearing black? Black shirt, black T-shirt. Um, Never. I don't Forget. think you've ever done it. Exactly. It's his, <laughs> it's his style. It's his thing. So, we've got about 15 minutes or so. Um, yeah, we got 15 minutes or so to ask these questions tonight and go through some of your questions that you guys have been submitting this evening. So let's get to it, uh, Dan. I'll let you uh, take the reins from this point on. I'll shut up and just answer questions. <laughs> cool. 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 All right, so I guess we should start off with uh, sort of a question on everyone's mind. This one comes first off from the black and white illusionist. He asks, how was your birthday? I, that's on everyone's mind. <laughs> it is. Um, I don't know if that's actually on everyone's mind. My birthday was good. I was in New York City, um, and so I actually spent my birthday with um, this guy, Dan White. You might have heard of him and another guy, Doug McKenzie, and whoever else we saw in New York, uh, B. Smith, um, David Blaine, a bunch of other people. Um, my birthday was good. We, had, we went out that night, um, and my funny story, Dan, if you remember this, was, uh, I don't know if I should tell this or not. <laughs> the only well, it is on video, and I do have it. <laughs> the only artist diary video, guys, I have ever filmed and been too ashamed to actually post you realize my level I think I might have to post it up you realize my level of shame is completely like infathomable like i've posted videos of us singing <laughs> when jesus walks to karaoke i have very little shame in my body okay but this is the one thing i've never posted and the video goes a little bit something like this it's cold in new york dan white and i are walking down the street we're filming an artist diary a dual artist diary and uh, as we're walking i whom, I'm it's from South snowing, Carolina. It's freezing cold. It's snowing, yes. It's freezing cold. I'm from South Carolina, so I'm not used to this cold weather. Right now, I live in Vegas, so it's warmer here as well. So I'm in New York, and it's like 10 degrees. So I'm already like hyped up on Red Bull, and I'm freezing, and I'm like pumped up. So I'm like, I grab a and piece. you don't own a jacket. And I don't own a That's jacket, worse. so I'm freezing more. And so I reach down, and I'm like, I grab a thing of snow to show the camera on the, the artist diary and I'm like there's snow here and it's snowing and it's freezing and uh anyways so one thing led to another and I was like it's like a snow cone and I took a big bite out of the snow 
that was on the street <laughs> and then immediately Meanwhile, i almost dropped the camera <laughs> from disgust <laughs> especially because of the fact that the snow was picked up right next to a dog <laughs> <laughs> so anyways that happened and then we showed the video to some other people and that was about it that video never went anywhere and i have never posted it because it's the only video but i had a great birthday to answer the question and uh it was fun it's and in it, my camera baby it's in your camera hopefully that will never see the light of day how old did you turn? 17? Uh, yes, 16. I'm, I'm 12 in dog years. Now it's 22. 22 now. I'm getting old. Gotcha. All right. Well, the next question comes from Cringe Magic 22 and he asks you, what made you create Theory 11? Sort of a question I've always wanted to know as well. What made me create Theory 11? Um... I don't take, uh, I never have taken complete responsibility for the whole thing that we have created here. Um, cause I think it's, it's more than a shop. It's more than a website that magic enthusiasts, cardistry enthusiasts can go to. Um, only thing I, I do take any level of, 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 uh, responsibility over was trying to really hone down the vision of what this site was supposed to be. Um, we created theory 11 for a reason. We created it, um, because it was a group of, of very close friends and artists, and we had a similar vision of what we thought m the magic industry, as in the ma not how the public perceives magic, but what magicians, the magic industry, should be and could be capable of. We thought um, we could bridge the gap better of older magicians and younger magicians. We thought we could uh, take down some of the barriers between different categories and genres of magic and even other areas like cardistry and just getting these enthusiasts of magic and flourishing and cardistry and older generation of magicians, this younger generation of magicians and get them all together. Not that everyone's going to always agree and think that things should be done the same way, but in some type of common interest because if you think about it, it's a very small art form. The way art forms like this don't advance is by not working together, not having some sort of cohesiveness. If you think of it like, you know, artists, artists are obviously a much larger industry than magic is, but artists don't hate each other and post negatively about each other and constantly have rivalry. They work together. They have their paintings in the same galleries. They, they're probably fans of each other's. They love each other's work. They're inspired by each other's works. So I think a lot of magicians are like that. I just think there could have been more of that. So that was one of the main things. Um, we were drawing from in creating this site. And then, you know, from that point on, it's, we have a very um, specific interest of what we want and how we think magic can be perceived and respected by the general public. So I think a lot of what we do on the website uh, plays to that. We want all of our members, all you guys listening, to have fun. And we realize a lot of magicians do this as a hobby and not necessarily as a profession. But um, and we can have fun doing that. But at the same time, you know, we do take seriously our job is to uh, make sure we're respecting this art form, advancing it, pushing the envelope a little bit, um, and portraying a good image for magic for spectators, the public. And right. kind of, I, I think that's what you really sort of succeeded at is really uh, giving the artists um, the voice. And, and you know, giving them a, a place to, to shine and, and really sort of connecting the, the, the audience with the artists. That's another important thing um, um, you bring up of connecting the members with that. I mean, we, we had done that before. I think, you know, every, magicians at magic conventions can meet f magicians that are fans of theirs, et cetera. But we try to literally every week. Um, right. The, the gap is completely bridged 
on on this site between the members and you guys can ask questions we try to you know aside from just products and releasing dvds yes that's our business we teach magic we instruct and we try to do so in a way that's respectful to the art form and its history and everything but it's also about really teaching in a way that is going to make someone learn and enhance their inspiration here and get them more intrigued and captivated by this art form and kind of push them forward. For the next question, sort of in the same vein, uh, this comes from Ben Long, who asks, what do you see as the pros and cons of the commercialization of magic? Interesting. Yeah, we actually get this a lot. Um, It's what? It's a tough question. It's a tough question. Um, I think we address this a lot. I mean, I think it, it parallels. Um, people are like, oh, Theory 11's not underground. It's, it's, you know, I can go to it on my computer. Great. Yes, you own a computer. Brilliant. However, magic is right. totally underground. And Theory 11, it's way underground even than the mainstream vision of magic. I mean, we, Theory 11, we'll go to a magic convention and... Yes, a lot of the younger magician and the more tech savvy and people online know everything about this website. They're on it. However, there's a whole world out there of people that don't know or don't follow magic in general, that people we want to get involved in magic. Um, And then there's a whole world in the magic industry that's kind of old school, that is not even cognizant of a website like Theory 11 or what's going on with cardistry movement and getting these younger magicians involved in magic and all these other things that are going on that's really exciting. So the question, though, is um, he's saying, what's the pros and cons of commercialization? Um, obviously, our goal at Theory 11, we're a business. So our goal is to teach magic. That's how, we, that's how we are a business. But at the same time, to do that, we need to bring more people into magic. That's a lot of what we do is trying to advance the art form by bringing some new blood into it. That might mean um, making some of you guys out there more interested in magic and getting you more uh, excited about it. And that also means bringing people that are not magicians right now that may only be interested in magic, bringing them in and then teaching them in a way that is respectful to the art form and actually creates some sort of a spark that makes them interested in this art. It's not just about how you did that as a trick. It's about inspiring a hobby, inspiring a love for and a respect for, um, an art form in that person. So you said commercialization. Commercialization can be very bad. I don't think it's a good thing if you see, you know, magic portrayed in a way that makes it look cheap or like, oh, anyone can do this. You can learn a magic trick and I'll teach you it and I'll show you how I did it. The mass magician sort of thing. That's not good. That's not a good image for magic. The mass magician just robs magic of its, uh, its presence and kind of feels an art form. Whereas what we're doing, yes, we are trying to bring new people into magic that are not necessarily magicians right now. Yes, we sort of answer the how did you do that question with the things that we sell on the site, but we're doing so in a way that is 180 degrees different than what you might see on other any other sites or anything else that's ever been in this industry. We're trying to take people that are not into magic and breed an interest and then teach them in a way that is respectful to the art form and actually gives this person a a foundation on the history of this of this industry and where it's been before and where we're trying to do with it so it's a lot more than just uh kind of just selling a a trick it it, it goes a lot farther than that so i think the pros of commercialization can be that it, it brings a lot of new people into magic and with new people with new blood comes new ideas comes new creators comes new everything the the cons are if it's not done in a way that is respectful and professional and 
uh, breeds a deeper meaning to this art form. If it's just mass magician, you can learn this, do this. That's not good. That doesn't. Right. Every every product that you release sort of makes myself and you know even people who are just starting off want to learn more. Correct. You it's know, about when you, when you see one, you, you realize the depth of this art. You know, you you explain the history of each effect. You show you know all the people who've done it before and, and this and that and all the performances. It's not just a single okay. Here's the secret. Correct. It, it gives the whole thing depth, and it makes anybody, even who's just starting out, want to learn learn more about right. magic. Really. Right. So I, I think you know, yes, there are there could be negatives to it in summary. However, if it's done in the right way, and if it's done by the right people, and it's done with the right intent, then I don't think it's a bad thing. Right. Uh, actually, the question that I have been seeing a lot uh, is something that I'm curious about, and I know everyone would actually like to know. Uh, this comes from Magic Dude 12507. He asks, what DVDs, projects should we be expecting in the new year? I Interesting. I know you don't really talk about Juicy. Juicy. No, we don't. I'm we... sure people would like to, to know a little, bit of, a little bit of gossip. My lips are sealed. Normally we don't talk about projects that are in production until they are in some stage of marketing or on, on the way to being released. We've got a lot of stuff. I mean, some of the things you guys are aware of already, totally out of control. It's a massive project we've been working on for a long time. You guys, every week I see something in the forums of what's the latest update on that or or something. So I think that's a monumental project that we're trying to come together and make into a masterpiece by Chris Kenner. Um, and there's a lot of other things. Uh, the Anonymous Project. Um, that's not what it's called, by the way. I just made that up in my mind a few seconds ago and I thought it sounded good. But uh, there's a lot of things for early this year. Andre Jick, um, DVD of car- for the cardistry enthusiasts out there. So there's a lot. And I think we're, we, our, our challenge is to appeal to a huge spectrum from guys that are interested in self-working magic to guys that are interested in cardistry to guys that are interested in really hard card tricks and coin tricks and stuff like that. So it's, it's a challenge to make sure everyone is... Uh, satisfied and being played to at all times. And at the same time, um, you know, we want to keep the pipeline moving. So we've got a lot coming. So I would just say stay tuned. And I realized I just completely did like a politician washed over that, <laughs> that question. But uh, that's yeah, all. Come on, Dave. Give, it, give us a little something. <laughs> We're going to be releasing 52-card pickup. Um, it's by Harry Houdini. You might have heard of him. He's a popular mentalist. Um, he's pretty old, but uh, I'm pretty pretty proud of it. Uh, I guess we should answer this question because I surely don't know the answer. Uh, it comes from ZDub81. He asks, what is the correct way to pronounce your last name? You really don't know the answer to this question? If you are, Dan, if you are Dan White or Doug McKenzie... Oh, by the way, just for all of you users, I think it's important to know that Danny's new nickname is Jables. <laughs> and we will not say who gave me this nickname. But, yeah, long. long story, but anyway, as regard to the correct pronunciation of my last name, if you are Dan White, Doug McKenzie, or David Blaine, or pretty much anyone else in the New York area, my last name is pronounced mm-hmm. Bamey. However, if you exist in the real world, and like proper pronunciation, my last name is properly pronounced Bame. So, it depends on where you live, I would say. It's like a, it's like a climate, it's like the, what do you call it, a northeastern wind it depends on the precise trajectory of where you live. Right, of course. The New York uh, thing. Exactly. The, the me at the end. Exactly. Is, uh, mm. Exactly. 
me versus me. Mm. Exactly. exactly. Okay, this next question comes from Tally. <laughs> he wants to know uh, what is one major topic you think the magic community needs to focus on? Hmm. One major topic? I think uh, I think that's we've only kind of breached one major topic with Theory Eleven. That's been advancement. What do we? What can we do? What should we do? What um, must we do to kind of push the envelope of this art form and make it more creative, make it more energized, make it more fun? All these kind of things come together, but it, it's all circles around advancement. What what can we do to improve this art form? What can we do to bridge the gap? Uh, if you want to say one, if you're asking one topic in particular, I think it rolls back to that uh, Circa Trova forum topic that was posted, I think, uh, by Daniel Madison, or it might have been by you, Dan, um, about bridging the gap in between older generation of magicians yeah. and younger generation of magicians. There's a huge divide there. Um, it's not helping either side for um, older generations to um, discourage or talk down to the younger generation. Um, and that, that doesn't help at all. It's not uh, improving the situation. It's not uh, properly uh, assisting with the education of the youth of magic. And then to the same degree and uh, just as much, it, it's not good for the younger magicians to completely write off disrespect or talk down to the older generation of magicians. Just because your style is different does not mean that your intent is different. They might have the same respect for you, another person, but just the, because the way that they go about it or the way that they've been taught or the way that they think about a certain subject, just because they disagree with you does not mean that you have to completely ignore their existence. The best way, I think, for magic to progress is by taking this army of magicians, whether they're older magicians, whether they're younger, find what there's everyone has in common, which is they want to advance this industry, they want to improve, they want to be more creative, they want more people, you know, more creative people within magic. Find what, what everyone has in common and then play to that, and I think that's the way to the future. Gotcha. Well, speaking of the future, uh, this last question I think is a very pertinent one, at least uh, for me, something that I think about every day. Um, so I'm going to ask you. Uh, at Theory 11, you guys are doing a great job at pushing the envelope on what great magic is. I personally would like to see magic expand beyond what we know is magic today. What do you think magic will look like 10 years from now, and what are you doing to get it there? Here. You're asking the hardboard questions. Um, was, what do I think magic will be 10 years from now? I don't know. I don't claim to be a soothsayer. Um, I only know what we do today, um, kind of, and in, in what, uh, what I think you know, we'd like to do in the future. But uh, what would I hope? What would I hope um, that the future holds for magic? I would hope that it's more prevalent in pop culture. Um, so it's, it's more mainstream, you know, it's not an anomaly when, you know, a magician is in some Entertainment Tonight article or in some CNN page. Right now, I feel like the only time a magician gets there is if it's something that is a gossip story. You know, when David Blaine does so-and-so or when Chris Angel is with Holly Madison at this club in Las Vegas. It doesn't happen like that with other art forms and other, um, other celebrities and, and such. I think that there's a a whole world out there um, that could be explored in magic and much more uh, much more ground that magic could cover and much more respect that magic could attain from mainstream media. So I'd, I'd hope that by 
moder- modernizing magic and getting a positive image out there of magic that uh, that we can work together and kind of gain more exposure, kind of push the art form in another direction and uh, in the process make it a lot more respected than it is right now. Cool. Uh, one more thing before we go. Just one last question that I sort of uh, fell upon. Um, comes from Camel. Comes from he Camel? Asked, <laughs> comes from Camel. It uh, comes from a Camel. It's a, it's a, a Camel gave birth to the next question. So. <laughs> well, this is, a, this is another difficult one. I'm not letting you go off, off easy here, baby. He wants to know how was working with illusionists and what made you leave? Interesting question. Um, I grew up at Illusionist. You know, I started at Illusionist when I was 13 years old. I was in seventh grade. I was a kid. I loved magic and I loved computers. And at the time, Illusionist was the intersection of those two. Um, I started as technical support dude, where if you had a problem with your order or something was messed up with your download, I was the one that was going to try to use my computer ninja skills to make you all right again and fixed and rainbows and butterflies. Um, over the years, over the six to seven years to come, I worked my way up. Um, and at the time when I left Illusionist, I was uh, president of the company. Um, I resigned as president in early 2007, and around six to seven months later is when we launched Theory 11. Um, but at the same time, and I don't think that, that the fact that we are running a different company now at all diminishes or uh, negates the work that myself and uh, and Wayne Houchin and Dana Hawking and John Raker and some of the other Theory 11 crew that uh, uh, were formerly at Illusionist. I don't think it negates the contributions we made to Illusionist, so it's still fairly uh, discouraging and disconcerting to me to see negative remarks about Theory 11 from some Illusionist members and some Illusionist moderators. I don't think there needs to be that negativity, and uh, if anything, I think there should be a positive uh positive uh, relationship between all magicians and uh, anyone that is respecting this art form and trying to do good um, so uh, yeah that's a, in general what I would what I would say in response to that and uh, wish nothing but the best I think they're going in a different direction than us and I think that their vision is different than ours of of how the magic industry should be um, but I wish them the best on that and I would only hope for and expect the same in return cool okay JB Finally, uh, this comes from the one Spaz. Uh, he asks, what's one piece of advice that someone in your past has given you that you think about or use every time you perform? Perform, interesting. Um, that's a tough question because there's not one specific thing, but it mentions advice, and I do have something I can talk about that. Um, when I was younger... I think one of the things that are the most influence on me, um, there's many people that did, but when I was younger, I think that one of the most important things that I did that I have received value from every single day of my life since then is that I would never be afraid to surround myself with people that I knew were smarter than me. Um, you know, I've been friends with Chris Kenner since I was 13. And so at the time, what I was a kid and I was, I was young, I was in seventh grade, but I was talking to this guy that was David Copperfield's executive producer, and I respected the hell out of him. And I, for some reason, was not afraid to, you know, ever be in the same room or on the phone with someone that I knew was more experienced, smarter than, and uh, more intellectually developed than I was or am. Um, and in doing so, that allowed me to 
the opportunity to listen. You know, there's a quote by a guy named Randy Nelson that I was, he's, he's one of the um, partners at Pixar Studios, and he did a whole speech this past week on the difference between someone being interested and interesting. So he's saying it's not, you know, some, most people try so hard to be interesting. They try to be different. They try to be crazy. They try to have, um, you know, they can have a pink mohawk. Anyone can be interesting. They can try to be. But to be interested is different. You know, to listen to what other people say, to take everyone's opinions in, into account, to to uh, to use other people's knowledge and advice and counsel to your own advantage, that has a lot of weight. So I think by listening to people and on theory 11, I think that I've, I've kind of applied that, um, that, that, um, value to you guys, um, and connecting and making sure that our artists are constantly in communication with the members so that you can listen. Um, that doesn't mean you have to agree. That doesn't mean you have to just assume what anyone if our artists or if, you know, if I say something or if someone else says something, you have, you have to assume it as fact. And that's not the point. The point is that you can you can interact with these people and you can listen and you become interested in what they're saying and you can get something from that. So I think I've learned something from everyone that I've I've been talking to in my life. I think I've about half my friends would say I'm the uh, I don't shut up and I'm the loudest person in the room. And then another half would say I'm the quietest. It just depends on who I'm around and whether it's around someone that I am trying to listen to and really get value out of every single word that they're saying or whether it's, you know, conversational and I'm just talking. Um, but I think that's an important thing. So when you, when, you, when you have the opportunity like you have on this website to learn from these artists and to learn from anybody in your life, whether they're your parents or anything, listen. Um, I think that's, that's a good value just because you never know what you'll pick up or by what they're saying or what you'll pick up by what they do. So I think that would be my best answer to that question as my best one piece of advice. Cool. If that makes sense. Well, that makes perfect sense. Another person asked, by the way, uh, I saw this out throughout the questions that were submitted tonight, Illusionist14, um, specifically saying, what type of magic do you prefer most? Um, and I have to say I don't. <laughs> I don't, you know, there's no one type of magic that I love. I, I could say I love card tricks and card magic, but then you could show me a really cool coin trick and I would say I love coin magic. Or if you could show me a really cool trick with a pen and X's that are drawn on your hands and I'd say I love magic like that. Or you could show me a Copperfield show. I went to, to see Copperfield show the other night and I could say I, want, I love that magic. And you could show me a crazy flourishing video that you guys have been submitting for the and then some contest. And I'd say that's my favorite type of, you know, thing to watch and cardistry. But uh, I don't have a favorite. I like I'm, I'm interested in everything, and I like watching a lot. And I think that uh, I like to be passionate about a lot of things. So I don't really have a favorite, I would say. I like, I like it all. I like the whole package. Cool. I mean, as any true lover of, of the art, I, you know, I think it's important to love everything, or at least know everything and try to learn everything. I right. Or, and, you know, even if you're not, uh, some people don't like coin magic. Some people don't like card magic. Some people don't like, you know, cardistry flourishing. But you can at least respect everything as an interest of someone and know that you're all in the same boat together and you might as well be uh, be on the same team. So, anyways, I think we've got to post this because it's getting time now close to 11.30. Um, but uh, thank you guys for all the questions tonight. And thank you to Dan White for being my interviewer in the 60 Minutes uh interview here starring Dan White. Um, we got to a lot of good questions. I thought a lot of hard-hitting questions tonight. Um, 
I'll continue to answer some of them in the forums if there's any I think that we should have gotten to but didn't. But uh, until next time, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for interacting. And uh, chat with you soon. Dan, peace out. Cool. Thanks, guys. Later.